foodie. 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 From the Not A Foodie studio, which is not actually a studio, it's just my dining room table in Queens. It's the Not A Foodie podcast. As always, I'm Mike. I mean... You're Mike? I'm Mike. <laughs> I'm on the mic. Hey guys, I'm, I'm Tom. <laughs> actually, I'm Tom. <laughs> I'm Mike. <laughs> Wouldn't do it again? No. No. De- definitely not. <laughs> that's our, that's the best one ever. <laughs> Anyway, welcome to the Not A Foodie Podcast. I am Tom, and that is Mike. And it's the holiday season. So I think, uh, Mike, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, just the holidays and and New Year's Eve in general. Um, Okay, we can do that. I feel like you are... um, I wanted to get your opinion on on New Year's Eve because I'm I'm sure, as someone who works in the restaurant industry, you have a different perspective than I do. Yeah, so Definitely. like, what? What? I mean, I know what I do, and we can get into that later. But like, what? Is, what is your New Year's Eve like? What so, do you do? so I should preface this with saying I hate going out on New Year's Eve. Me I, too. Me too. I hate like traveling places. I um, I want to like go out to if I'm off, I want to go out to like a restaurant and like watch the ball drop, and then take like a ten minute cab home. I don't want to have to go to the city. Uh, the subways are terrible. They run terrible on New Year's Eve, and the people on there are all shit-faced because it's amateur hour. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's really not worth it. Um, So I like to go with some friends or, like, go to a restaurant and go home and be pretty low-key. But now most years I wind up working uh, New Year's Eve, which I actually really enjoy. Why do you enjoy working New Year's Eve? Um, So, like, fuck, marry, kill, Christmas Eve, Thanksgiving, and New Year's Eve. You kill New Year's Eve because <laughs> I, I would much rather work New Year's Eve and like when I was a server, make a ton of money mm-hmm. or as a manager, just like have a good time because everyone that goes out on New Year's Eve like is looking for oh, goes out to restaurants is looking for a good time. People that go out to like bars and clubs are like looking to get laid or looking to get into fights. Well, and they're also looking to like pay one price at the door and drink their faces off and, and be idiots. But if you're going to a restaurant, you're looking to go out, spend money, have like a nice, mm-hmm. a nice occasion if, with families. If, and right. like, Yeah. It, I mean, if you're going to go out and spend a whole bunch of money on a bottle of wine or champagne, that's the night that you're going to do it you mm-hmm. know? for sure. So, um, so do you usually, um, do you usually work on New Year's? Um, yeah, I, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last year we weren't open. So I had all the holidays off, and that was cool. Nice. And then the year before that, I was at Christos. And the year before that, I wasn't working in restaurants at the time. So I was, uh, I just went to Italian restaurant and had dinner with my girl, my then girlfriend, and that's it. Well, I feel like that's that's the thing. Like New Year's Eve, I would go out with friends, and we would always a, a few my, times. My friends go out. Every year, like go out to go like out some to place, some they bar. Find. Yeah, every year. I did year. that for a few years, and I I tell them every year, I'm like, no, like you yeah. you guys go and do that, like have fun. I'm I hate it. I would always stay very local. Um, so if I were, I'd just go to the local bar in my neighborhood. I would never go, and I lived on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, so I would go to like some dive bar. It'd be great. Um, the bars in New York, I don't know if they still are, but the bars in Manhattan used to be open 24 hours. I think they made that illegal now until four. 
Uh, no, they were open 24 hours. No, no, no. They're open until 4 now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on New Year's Eve, they had special dispensations oh. so that they could, like, stay open 24 yeah, hours. Yeah, that's not and, a thing anymore. Yeah, I mean, there were a Giuliani couple of New Year's Eve. He was probably like, oh, that's too fun. No. Yeah. Let me get five cops in there. There was there was one New Year's Eve where it was, like, 6 in the morning, and I'm drinking tequila, and I'm playing pool with some Hells Angels at a bar in, in the Lower East Side, and I'm watching... As I'm sitting there, lining up my shot with a shot of tequila next to me, I see some, like, healthy person who made a New Year's resolution, like, jog by, and I'm like, all right, fellas, I got to go. I'm like, this is, I'm making some poor life choices right now. It's time to go home. Straight to the diner. But I never, ever went, um, well, not ever, ever, but a few times I would go out to, like, go to this club and pay X number of dollars and drink for free, and you get some really shitty, like, sparkling wine toast at midnight mm-hmm. and it just tastes sweet and disgusting and gross and we went to meatpacking last year because we had friends visiting the so. meatpacking district in manhattan is just a, it's a mess it's just yeah. a shit show of clubs it, it's it's where all the clubs are it's where like tau and budokan and all those places are it's where all the models are um but i told my one caveat was look if we do it the only way we do it is you have to find a place that has where we can buy a table Mm-hmm. And it has to be affordable. And my friend found a place where a table was like a hundred dollars a ticket or something. I oh. was like, "Yeah, okay, deal. That fine. You found it. Good." Uh, and that was that was manageable. We we still had to wait online for the open bar and deal with like drunk people, but like that was fine. At and least then, you had your space. You had yeah. your home base that oh, you can people, go to. People would like sit at the table. I'm like, "Um, sorry, I paid for these seats." Yeah. And the one guy is he's like, "You're not gonna let my girl sit." I was like, "She didn't pay for them." <laughs> <laughs> like listen bud i'm not a tourist i i know how this works yeah like i you could have bought tickets too so <laughs> what what are your thoughts on because i i hate it the um the free champagne toast that that every bar does i think it's the worst i mean first of all it's not champagne second of all it's oh my i don't God. know what it is and it's it's the, it's the worst thing in the world. Like, if you've been drinking good drinks all night, then you have that, and it's just, oh. I'm, I work in wine. I'm not a wine snob to other people. Like, I won't drink shitty wine, but if you drink shitty wine, I'm not going to, like, make fun of you. Right. But I will not let anybody call sparkling wine champagne. That's my one thing, because it does such a disservice to what champagne is. And this guy's suing an airline right now because they said he was going to get champagne. Yes, I love this guy. And this guy's my spirit he is, animal. He's 100%. I took one business law class in college. He's 100% in his legal right to sue those people because that's false <laughs> advertisement. So so what's the difference between champagne? For so, those people that don't know, what's the difference between champagne and sparkling wine? So champagne is sparkling wine that can only be grown in champagne. The grapes can only be grown in champagne. Um the Champagne okay. region. The of Champagne French. region of France. And then to get more in depth, there's three major grapes. There's a couple of other ones that are allowed to be used, but like 99% of Champagne is made from Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Pinot Meunier. Mm-hmm. And then the way it's made, it's not like Prosecco, which is Italian sparkling wine. Um, that's force carbonated, where they add the CO2. This is called Method Champenois, where they put the still wine in the bottle. And the yeast, what yeast does, yeast is a living organism. It eats sugar and it farts out CO2. Yep. And alcohol. And that's why you get, that's why a beer is fizzy. That's why, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what, what's happening is the, um, getting science on you for a second. I mean, the yeast is eating the sugar and turning it into alcohol and the byproduct is CO2. Yeah. So 
that fermentation is what causes the the fizziness. Yeah. So the method champenois, they're like, uh, it's called. I always screw this up. Uh, they're moving the bottles every day or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. not a winemaker. By hand, every day, all the hundreds of bottles, they're literally moving them. Yeah, they're, they're rotating so, them. Yeah. yeah. So when you're buying champagne, you're paying for all the labor that goes into champagne as well. And this isn't like just Dom Perignon or Cristal. This is uh, Veuve Clicquot, Moet Chandon, Paul Roger. Any, single... any true champagne. Mm-hmm. And champagnes are French and only French. They come from the, the champagne region of, mm-hmm. of France, and, and that's it. And if you're going to celebrate something, celebrate with champagne. If you're going to make mimosas, go buy a bottle of Prosecco. Yes. If you're going to celebrate, if you just got a new job, if there's a birthday, a birth, a new year, celebrate with champagne. Well, and that's not to say that all sparkling wines are no, bad. No, there are some really, really delicious They're sparkling wines from, from everywhere. California, no, from, from, from literally Australia, everywhere. From everywhere, yeah. But champagne is champagne. Yeah. Champagne is only from France, and it's super special. And there are sparkling wines that are done in the, what is it, the Champenois? Method Champenois. Method Champenois. Like, that's how they make, you know, champagne style things. They, but it can't do. be called champagne unless it's from that region. You, you know what? We're. Uh, a very random place that does really great sparkling wine, Tasmania. Really? Yeah, Tasmania does like great uh, method champenois sparkling wine. Wow. So all of my friends from Australia yeah. that are listening now, I fully expect uh, a case to show up on my door any minute, um, just so you know. That's it. Snap, snap my fingers and Tasmanian, champ- <laughs> Tasmanian sparkling wine shall appear. So there's also Franzia Corta. Which is mm-hmm. so people say that Prosecco is the Italian equivalent of champagne. It's not. Prosecco is like garbage for the most part. Well, so it, it, it has its place. It's it's forced carbonated. It's fine. It's gla- the the grapes called Glara. Um, it, you don't see it in literally anything besides Prosecco. But Franzia Corta is like actually the Italian equivalent of champagne, and that's delicious. Uh, it's also just not that common, even in 2017. Really. Mm-hmm. Is it like, from a specific region in Italy, I, do you I know? I believe so. Yeah. And what's that name again? The, the name of the... Franzia Corta. Franzia Corta. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to look that up, and I think so is everybody else. Um, so what we usually do on New Year's Eve, we definitely drink champagne. Um, I usually, um, and this is just a weird, quirky thing that I started doing, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, is I drink... Um, have you ever heard of a uh, Death in the Afternoon? No. Death in the Afternoon is a, I believe it's a Hemingway drink. He made it up um, from his days in in France, and it's um. It good, sounds like there's absinthe in it. Good dry champagne with absinthe in it, and <laughs> yes, with a shot with a little little sort of absinthe floater on it. And I have one of those um, while you, I'm cooking. When you drink champagne. Mm-hmm. Do you have a glass that you prefer? Because I prefer to drink champagne out of a coupe glass. Even the a coupe glass, a coupe glass is um, it's modeled after Hel- Helen of Troy. No, 
A champagne flute, I think, is modeled after Helen of Troy's breast, and a coupe glass is modeled after Marie Antoinette's breast. I thought it was the Venus de Milo, those those Venus de Milo glasses. I've got a couple. So there's a, there's a coupe glass over yes. there in my cabinet, as I'm, as I'm pointing to, in, in the Nana Foodie studio, which is my dining room. Um, there are some champagne flutes there. Champagne flutes suck. Do not do anything they, for champagne. They, they hold the bubbles. That's the that is the only reason why people why you see people drinking champagne out of champagne flutes is because it looks pretty because you could get this long cylinder to see the bubbles go up. But really, you don't get the proper champagne drinking experience. You, you taste with your nose. Yes. And the flutes don't allow you to get your nose up in there. Yeah, I mean, champagne flutes are if you go do any proper champagne restaurant or even sparkling wine restaurant um and you ask for a good bottle or of champagne or a good glass of sparkling wine um they will give it to you in a regular white wine glass mm-hmm. um, like a, a smaller uh glass but like still big enough with, a, with a big mouth yeah so that you can sort of get your nose in there um and and get that smell but when you do the get death that. in the afternoon do you do it in a coupe no if you're doing a float i no. do it i do it in the champagne flute usually no <laughs> <laughs> no no i do i do do it in in like a little coupe glass which is sort of almost like a martini glass um, mm-hmm. but i do that um kristen my wife makes a um makes cocktails she's a she's the bartender in the family so um, she always comes up with some sort of interesting cocktail for for New Year's Eve. So usually I'll have my death in the afternoon. I'll have another cocktail that she makes. Um, sometimes it's a theme cocktail for the evening. You know, sometimes it's just, you know, making cocktails. And then I'll drink sparkling wine or champagne for the rest of the evening. I'd like to watch Twilight Zone. <laughs> if you're not working, that's what you do? You Before watch Twilight work, Zone? I just watch as much twilight zone as and i don't even have cable anymore so like i took that like <laughs> tradition and now i just go on netflix and just watch a ton of twilight zone on new year's Eve. my morning after my new year's day oh no it's a new year's day thing it's yeah not new year. yeah new yeah. year's day i just watch twilight zone all day yeah new year's eve we make this you know really big elaborate meal so i i don't go out for new year's eve um i haven't in a long time when i when i first met my wife when we were dating um, and I realized that she doesn't go out either. She decided she and a couple of her friends got together and they decided that, hey, let's just avoid going out by throwing our own party and making everyone come to us. Um, so it was really nice. It was like I now my New Year's Eve plans were, were set for the rest of my life. Like she would have this party. And then, you know, later on, we got married, we had kids and it was harder and harder to have this big joint new year's eve party so we just decided that we were going to have um people over and we make a big elaborate dinner it's probably you know one of the bigger dinners that i make during the year um i usually make uh cotequino and lentils which cotequino is um this really rich pork sausage italian pork sausage that you um you slowly braise it and um, then you slice it into little medallions and you serve it over lentils and it's very Italian. It's supposed to bring, um, you're supposed to eat it at midnight. It's supposed to, the lentils signify coins and it's supposed to give you like riches you in the new year. Do wait till midnight to eat dinner? No, okay. no. But we do put the kids to bed. <laughs> like, so it, I invite a lot of friends that have children that are my kids age and they have a sleepover. They all go to sleep and... Um, we are usually in between courses at midnight when the ball drops. We are usually sort of just about ready to start having dessert by the time the ball drops. It's a big meal. What what uh, appetizers do you put out? Hmm. 
Because you gotta do it for the kids too, right? Well, the kids we like get pigs in blankets oh. or something. Um, the kids get something really simple. Um, sometimes we'll make pizzas uh, or I'm something. I'm sure that uh, your friends' kids aren't as adventurous eaters as your yeah. kids are. <laughs> I mean, my kids, my kids, you give them oysters, Rockefeller, and Cotequino and lentils, and they're like, they're fine, they're loving it. But most kids are not like that. So usually we make hot dogs. <laughs> we'll make hot dogs, and then we'll do some. We'll do a first course. Sometimes we'll do a pasta. I did a really nice um, lobster ravioli that Oof. I got from um, that I made fresh. I got from the Thomas Keller. Keller um, I think it's a French laundry recipe, like butter poached lobster ravioli <laughs> or something like that. Um, so that was a, that was the first decadence. course. I know total decadence. And then usually we'll do some sort of a roast, like a rack of you know a pork rack or something like that that I'll sous vide or. You know, and then then fire on the grill or do something like that. But it's always some big, big meal. And then the next morning is diner food and diner and Chinese food. Like that's that's Mm -hmm. it. While we watch Twilight Zone reruns and the the winter classic, we always have to watch our hockey on New Year's Day. I like throwing parties at my place because I don't have to worry about how to get home. Yep. I've thrown multiple parties where I was tired and I still had like four or five friends. I was like, okay, guys, good night. (laughs) <laughs> well it's it always ends with a, a few of us like a, a few people most people go to bed and a few of us just sit on the couch like playing fifa or something like that playing video games or you know just chilling and uh it you know it, it that's fine that's why we have the party at our house that's why we're not going out to a restaurant going out to a restaurant on new, on new year's eve is the biggest ripoff in the world it's almost as big a ripoff as going out on valentine's day Sorry, I'm talking to someone in the restaurant no, business. No, you're yeah, sure, but like you, you got one day to make all your money. You got <laughs> like like I, I, you're talking about the two busiest restaurant days of the year, and then Mother's yep. Day. Those are the three busiest restaurant yep. days. So, and I, those are the days that I stay away from restaurants. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say besides like if. If you're not invited to Tom's house, yeah, if you're not invited like, to my house for dinner, then go to a restaurant but, for New Year's no, Okay, actually, I should say this. Um, I hate people that go out on Thanksgiving, and I hate people that go out on Christmas Eve. Like, go, okay, they like, go out to dinner. I mean, yeah, yeah. Go out on New Year's Eve. Go have fun on New Year's Eve. But, like, Christmas Eve and, like, Thanksgiving, those – the people that, like, work in the industry want to be with their family, too, or, like, want to be with their friends, too. New Year's Eve is like whatever. Like I can go. New Year's Eve is just sort of known that this is the day that I'm going to have to be working and make. Yeah. This is the day that I'm going to get good tips. This is the yeah. day I'm going to be. Like you know, I can go out and money. get drunk literally any day. Like that's not like <laughs> that, that's not that big of a deal for me. Like counting down with fucking Ryan Seacrest. Whatever. <laughs> you don't do that. You don't you don't all sit around in the kitchen watching uh, Rockin' New Year's Eve from Times Square. That's so at Sen, we don't even have TVs. So I don't know how the countdown is going to work. Well, this is going to be your first New Year's Eve. Yeah, right? and we're a... right by the ball drop. Oh, yeah. I yeah. wonder how that's going to impact your business. Oh, we're going to be packed. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. As long as the streets are open by you. No, people are just going to walk. Well, I mean, you're going to take the train and walk. I yeah. don't know. Wow. That's uh, that's going to be interesting. I think we're going to have to do a follow-up episode uh, oh, after yeah. that to find in, out exactly. January? Yeah. That could, find out how that goes. Is, that could probably just be a whole episode. The, the <laughs> shit show that was New Year's Eve. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. At, at Christos, our other place, we didn't do prefix. We just did off the menu. Mm-hmm. 
you you guys don't have anything set yet for New Year's Eve. You don't know what it's what you no. guys are going to do yet. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's your first year open, you know, you sort of roll with it, see what happens. But uh, that's crazy. So what um, what's the sort of mood of the, the kitchen, of the restaurant, like on New Year's Eve? Just any place that you've worked before? Um, at Christos, the, it was uh, a grill guy, Mario, who's the head chef who does whatever needs to be done. And like two saute guys and a salad guy. Okay, and were and, you guys like partying or? Um. Well, no. Before the shift, the two saute guys went up to me and said, "Mike, we don't have risotto today." And I said, "Okay." And <laughs> <laughs> wow, you guys are wild and crazy people. Yeah. No, we, we they're like we'll get killed if we sell risotto. But Christos wasn't like um a very close like people like didn't go out afterwards or like stuff like right because it's also like away from everything yeah if christos was on steinway instead of like tucked away where it is if it was on more of a main street yeah, yeah. if it was on a street sorry steinway's a, a street in astoria that has a bunch of bars but the street christos is on has literally nothing so yeah, it's a it's desti- very residential it's a destination spot mm-hmm. um there'd probably be more of a culture but it was all it's also like i'm I was 23. One of the other servers was like 22, and then the rest of the servers were like in their 40s. Cool. So, yeah, not not like a very restaurant culture, like go out industry, go out afterwards, like type of place. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, do you have uh, what? Are, what are some of your non-working New Year's Eves that you've done? What? So you went to a place in the meatpacking district. I went to a place in the meatpacking district. Um, very easy to go to and from uh we but we also left like right after the ball dropped oh okay. we're like oh it's 12 30 we're drunk these people are like ridiculous let's just let's go we have like a 1 a.m train we have to catch we got on the train uh i live across the street from the long island railroad in queens so i literally like so get, even though you don't live on long island so people who are not from here even though you don't live on long island you, there's a couple stops in queens and instead of taking the subway it's a lot easier to just take the long island yeah and i and stop. i get to midtown manhattan in 15 minutes what is the um i because i haven't done this in years years like i mean mm-hmm. 30 years not not 30 years i'm not that old but like what is the long island railroad like on New Year's Eve, because I feel like um, on, I, I've been on that train on St. Patrick's Day. I've been on that train going to a um, Islanders game at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, and it's like a bacchanal of just Long Island, like people drinking. There's a lot of yelling. Ew. So I was on the 1 a.m. train, the 105 train or whatever. So that's the, the drunk train. If you ever watch How I Met Your Mother, the How I Met Your Mother drunk train is the 4 a.m. train. Yeah. So that 4 a.m. Long Island Railroad train, last train back to the city on New Year's Day, probably miserable. But <laughs> but my train, uh, we got on, and there were two guys in yarmulkes, and I, like young, like my age. So I just started doing it up with them because <laughs> I'm like hammered, and I'm showing them my Kai tattoo. And apparently, I think it was like the bachelor party, the other guy was getting married like that, like the next day or something. Or two days. I was like, oh, where is it? I'm going to be there. He's like, here it is. Like, come. Like, it's fine. One Jew to another. So, Here's the secret location yeah, so, for my wedding. So I got invited to, like, an Orthodox wedding on the Long Island Railroad home. <laughs> that was that was my one story about uh, New Year's Eve. I've, I've, like, I think I talked about how I was on the railroad and just drunk kids started trying to sing uh, P. 
piano man yeah that's i mean come on that's that, long that's island right there long. that's you long can island. go to anywhere in long island and just start la di da da and it'll it'll just happen like like this last scene in uh, he's almost not famous. lying he's not exaggerating in, in almost famous where they all sing uh elton john yeah it's like that <laughs> tiny dance yeah <laughs> Oh, yep. That's pretty much Long Island right there. That, that's where I grew up. Fisherman and Billy Joel. <laughs> that's what we had. <laughs> I love... Oh, man. The railroad after Billy Joel shows at the Garden is incredible. At Madison Square Garden, yes. Yeah. And and for those of you that don't know, Billy Joel... Um, it, it was like a couple years ago. He said, I'm going to play a show once a month at Madison Square Garden until people stop coming. And it's going on two, two and a half years <laughs> it's now. It's never going to end. And he he plays once a month at least. And it's I still see it on Facebook, on Instagram, yeah. like friends of mine that, oh, go to see Billy Joel again tonight. It's sold out. And it's become this like New York institution. Like, um, I think I was there. Of course I went. I had to go pay, pay I homage. I need to go. <laughs> oh, it was great. And I was there. Um, who was there? I was, was it Billy's birthday? I think it was Billy Joel's birthday. So Jimmy Fallon gets up and sings happy birthday to him. Howard Stern was there to sing happy birthday, to say happy birthday. He introduced the show. It was, that was like very Long Island slash New York. It was that night. And that's, that's what those shows are. And I think in, oh no. So usually Fish plays shows at the garden on New Year's Eve, but I think Billy Joel should, should take that back. I think Billy Joel should play those New Year's Eve shows. Oh, my God. Seeing fish on New Year's Eve and then taking the railroad home would be... The, like, the, there's that a would be, part of me that really That would be wants a circle of it. hell. That, that would be a circle of hell. <laughs> <laughs> there's a part of me that's like, well, fish and then stouts and then back to the railroad at 4 a.m.? <laughs> So growing up on Long Island, um, the railroad was always sort of where you had your your pregames, where you had your first. You're beers, allowed to drink on the Long you're Island Railroad. Drink on, I, you're not allowed to drink on New Year's Eve. Though. You're not allowed to drink on not the, anymore. The weekends. You're not allowed to drink on the weekends anymore. You're not allowed to drink on New Year's Eve. You're not allowed to drink on St. Patrick's Day. I remember when I was living right out of college, working in Manhattan, living on Long Island. Um, I got on a train and it was right around St. Patrick's Day, and it was eight o'clock in the morning. 7, 7.30 in the morning and the train was packed and everybody was hammered and there were there, there were issues and over the years they, they slowly got rid of that but um, yeah drinking on the Long Island Railroad just coming into the city you'd always get your like tall boy in a brown paper bag and, and I, if I miss the let's say that there's a 1201 train and there's a 1239 train if I miss the 1201 train I go for that tall boy because there's <laughs> having to sit stand in uh, long in Penn Station for half an hour sober. Yeah, is not fair. I can't even imagine what Penn Station is like on New Year's Eve. I mean, you're so we, close to Times Square. I it's think good, we good. like got there right when the train was boarding, so mm-hmm. like we made really good time with it, not having to like be with people. On a regular Friday night, it is not a place that you want to be for more than a couple minutes. I yeah. It, it's rough. All right, so let's let's segue. This is sort of a it's a tenuous sort of connection, but um, what is your favorite drunk Penn Station food? Because I know you've been to Penn oh, Station Rose's. drunk. Rose's Pizza. Yeah, million, million, billion, trillion percent. They do um, eggplant parm slices. They do white slices. They do you know? Okay, so like classic '90s New York City. Every pizzeria 
has 20 different pies in the window. Mm -hmm. The uh, the health department kind of cracked down on it because now what they do when the health department comes is they just trash them all. Yeah. So it's like it could be a big waste of money. But Rose is just 20 different pies. Um, I feel like Rose's is one of those places that could turn it over, though. Those pies are not sitting out for very long. And they also sell them for $4.25 instead of like $3. A, a slice is four twenty five for a, a special slice, okay. not a regular slice. Um, and they also sell beer in plastic cups for like nine dollars, like thirty two ounces of beers for like eight, seven to nine dollars. Yeah. Um, and I always like do really quick math at ABV first price, and I always figure out <laughs> which one is like the best for bang for your buck. Like nice. Bud Light's like nine or ten dollars, just because people will pay it because they don't know anything about beer. But then you'll see like weird. Not that weird because it's Penn Station, but like yeah, Goose Island. A Goose seasonal. Island, which is, yeah. For the, which is like which is, 7, 7.5%. It's like $8 for 32 ounces. I'm like, yeah, okay, that works. I mean, Goose Island is pretty much as exotic as Penn Station gets. Well, Goose Island got bought out by uh, InBev, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's that's pretty much, like I said, mm-hmm. that's 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 as much as they're going to do as far as like but, exotic. But the way that uh, Roses is set up is before the pizza counter, like right in front of it, they have the tall boy counter. Mm-hmm. So I went. To oh the, yeah, and then yeah. the tall boy counter is just like it's, it's a, a cart, right? It, it? It's a very pretty girl who just has tall boys and is no, it's in, she's behind oh, the pizza. Okay, yeah. Um, so I like. I'm thinking of the old roses pre. Yeah, pre Shake Shack. Yes, she, that now there's Shake, a Shake Shack there now. Yeah, I haven't been in Penn Station in forever. Yeah, Shake Shack's there. I avoid it like the plague. So. I had like three minutes to get on a train. So I was like, can I buy pizza from you? She's like, yeah, sure. What do you want? I was like, I want two of those, but just give them to me cold because I got to go. And I didn't buy a beer from her, but she charged me just for the two pizzas and let me go. And she's the best. All right. Shout out to <laughs> unnamed pizza girl yeah. that works at Roses. <laughs> unnamed beer girl who works at Roses and sells pizza. Yeah. Facts. We're going to make you famous. <laughs> so yeah, drunk, drunk food, Roses. Um, when I was younger... I was so dumb. I would take the E train to Forest Hills in, uh, instead mm-hmm. of so the taking railroad? the subway instead of taking the Long Island Railroad. It's like taking the local instead of the super super yeah. super express. I don't know why I did that. I guess I just didn't understand what the Long Island Railroad was because I was like 15, 16 and it's, just drank like the party one fifty one. It's sort of intimidating when you go into the and you see the big board with all the train mm-hmm. stops on it and everything like that, and you know then you yeah. then you get your routine down and you realize how simple it is. Oh, I can get out of Penn Station in three minutes. Oh, yeah. Easy. My first in this ugh, my first week working in Manhattan, I would take I worked on forty fifth and fifth. I would Oh, get, you worked around the corner from Sunset from, from yeah, from the restaurant. I would get into Penn Station and I would take a cab from Penn Station to forty fifth and fifth because I had no idea what? about like yeah, I know. It's a It's a fifteen minute walk. Not even fifteen minute walk. I mean it, it's crazy and it was like, you know, at the time it was like a six dollar cab ride. Like, it was ridiculous. And I did that for like the first week. And I was like, this is untenable. I can't do this. Like, <laughs> like I'm looking at my paycheck and looking at how much like I have to learn to either take the subway or to walk. <laughs> but I grew up on Long Island. So I knew Penn Station. I didn't know anything outside of Penn Station. But, but it's a grid. <laughs> it is a grid. It, especially in Midtown, it's a grid. Like, like my friend lives in the Lower East Side. She lives on Attorney Street. Oh, I used to live on Houston and A, like right across the street from there. So I had no idea what Attorney Street was. That's a place I've literally never heard of until she moved there. Right. But you worked on 45th and 5th. That's literally. (laughs) 
It's literally if you like draw. Penn, Penn Station is on 34th and 7th. Yes. So, you can do the math. Even people who have never been to New York can figure yes. out how, like, how, many, the, the, yeah. how many streets and avenues are, they are away from each other. Yes. It's, it, I know. It was, it was very stupid. <laughs> but, you know, that's it. I'm, I, I'm uh, impressed with you willing to admit that, though. I Yeah. I know. It takes I know. a lot. It, it was my it was my first job. I was still living at home with my parents. I um, I had no idea. I know my dad worked in the city forever, but um, whenever I went to the city, it was sort of like we had destinations. We knew where we were going. We were either going to visit my dad, and my dad would take us the whole way. My dad worked at the Port Authority bus terminal. He worked at the World Trade Center. So like we knew where we were going with him. Um, and you're underground the whole time. All of a sudden, you pop your head up, and like you're at your destination. You're at your destination. Um, with with going to work it was like i had never been to midtown like i don't go to midtown as you know you don't go party in midtown when you're growing no. up so uh, you put me in the middle of like the village and i was totally cool i knew i knew where the crazy little shop where you can go buy like you know bongs was yeah, and where things like south, that yeah. but um i knew nothing about midtown so yes i am ashamed but i did admit it <laughs> but new year's eve in in manhattan um, is is definitely an experience. Have you ever done the ball drop? No. no. Uh, wait. I w- I went to a party at a friend's apartment that was no, next to the count. ball drop. Doesn't count. I when I was maybe sixteen or seventeen years old, I was there for like maybe ten minutes. I did not stay also for the ball to drop. Yeah, I it I do not find that appealing at all. No, I uh, I was telling my friends from Michigan. They're like, oh, let's go. Let's do the ball drop. I was like, listen. The worst experience. If you come out and visit me, I'm willing to do essentially any tourist thing you want to do. I will not go to the ball drop. Yeah. The ball drop in Times Square is is horrible. Talk about a circle of hell. That is a circle of hell. Literally, like, it's so cold. First off, like, why is it New York City? It should be in, like, California. (laughs) Like, yeah. Like, let's be somewhere where it's, like, 60 degrees yeah. and not, like, negative 3 degrees. It should be, like, the Super Bowl. It should either be in New Orleans or Arizona. That's mm-hmm. it. Like, and Times Square is gross. Times Square is a gross, gross place. Um, yes. There are rogue Elmos chasing you and groping you. There's a n- naked fleet of cowboys and cowgirls yeah, now. Whenever I see him, I'm so surprised he still does that. Well, it's not. He franchised it out, the naked cowboy. No, but it's him. I, I, I see he, yeah. I see him. He is there is the original naked cowboy who sits around and in his like tidy whities and yeah, but he franchised himself out. He now there are naked cowboys and cowgirls all over this country, that and and all over the world probably that sit in like busy city centers and sing stupid songs. Yeah, no, I I respect that. I respect the money, but I just I don't get why he still does it like that. <laughs> You respect the money because it's not like you have to worry about him selling out his artistic integrity. No. <laughs> like, like, I respect that you yeah. actually sold out and yeah. you're, you're making money from this because what else were you? Otherwise, you're just a freaking lunatic yeah, in Times like, Square. But like Bill Gates and like Elon Musk, they don't do IT. Like Elon Musk doesn't repair Teslas. Like he's not under the hood of a car like repairing a Tesla. So like so why, Nick, the original naked cowboy naked is the cowboy. big picture guy. Is yeah. what you're saying. He is Elon Musk. He's the Elon Musk of street performers, yes. and now he's franchising. He's the the who's the guy who started McDonald's? The Ray Kroc of, yeah, of like, street performers. Like I should just never see him there. And I the the last time I saw him there was like May, but it was like a chilly day in May. It's like, bro, what? Why? Like, yeah. 
And I, I don't know if it's if he does this, but I know that there's a reputation of anyone in Times Square, anyone else performers will come over to you and like give you a hug and then be like, "All right, that's five dollars." Like, oh man, people still try to sell me their mixtape, and oh, I'm just I like, I'm that. just like, bro, what's your SoundCloud? Yeah, <laughs> I, I Times Square is old school still. Like, there's still a little bit of that weird, sketchy old schoolness of it, but it's it's looking at it through a very disnified lens so it's sort of you've got these characters that are out there that are supposed to appeal to like little kids and but they're just really seedy and gross like it's just this weird place now i mean i liked it when it was just seedy when it was seedy for seedy's sake when it was just you know peep shows and adult video stores and you walked past it really really quickly and there were a couple rock clubs and that was about it but now I sound like an old New Yorker lamenting the days when New York was seedy and gross. I just like so we um my boss also is the owner of the Edison Ballroom in the Edison Hotel, the catering space. So sometimes we have to go over there, so you have to cut through Times Square. And it's miserable. Yeah. It's always miserable. And the, well, and you know, this time of year during the holidays, it is the worst. It takes I mean, I guess oh, from Thanksgiving, loud. from I, Thanksgiving to New Year's to, to to right after New Year's. I mean, it takes twice as long to walk through I, Times Square. I'm one of those rude New Yorkers that they'll go home and tell people about because they're just like standing in the middle of the street. Yeah. And I'll just say, excuse me. <laughs> and New Yorkers are, we're not rude, I find. that No, we're I just not have places general, to be. But like when you're looking around and we're trying to get to work. Or mm-hmm. trying to get someplace, and you're standing around, and you know that then we're rude, then we're loud. Bryant Park is like a small park uh, right next to where I work. I have to walk. Past I love it Bryant every Park. Day. It's, it's one of my favorite yeah. parks in Manhattan. It's awesome. Um, so there was a, a coach bus parked with like a bunch of high schoolers and their teachers from like Minnesota or something, mm-hmm. and they're just all standing, taking up the entire street, looking around, and I have to get to work. So I was just like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, getting all these dirty looks. I was like, oh, you don't even know. Like, <laughs> I'm being very nice right now. <laughs> I said, excuse me. <laughs> There's no profanity there. Like, was, excuse you're, me. you're just taking up the entire block. You're, <laughs> you're genuinely the rude one. Yeah. Oh, man. And this, like I said, this time of year, it's, it's everywhere around. We love, we love the money that the tourists bring, I guess. But, like, it's... Um, it's just a mess. Like I used to work in in uh, in a building on Seventh and Fifty Second or something like that. So right like right Rockettes. above Times Square, yeah, the Rockettes there, Radio City Christmas Spectacular, and it literally I would have to build in an extra during from Thanksgiving to the middle of January. I'd have to build in an extra ten to fifteen minutes of my commute just to deal with the traffic of that. You know. So you obviously can't tell because um, you can't see me, but I'm six foot three, two hundred and fifty six pounds. I'm a big boy. Um, so when people are just not paying attention while they're walking, I let them walk into me. <laughs> I I stop getting out of the way for people, and I just let them walk into me. <laughs> that's that's you. You plant your feet. I you, yeah. You take the charge. I just and <laughs> that's it. One one girl was like texting and walking and like walked right into me oh. and then like grabbed me. I'm like, don't fucking look at me like that. Like <laughs> you're if your eyes were up instead of down, you would have seen this giant man at at Becco. Um, the, the Becco's the pasta restaurant yeah. they used to work at, right? Or the Italian place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the uh, you know when you get in, you just have to check with the, the manager at the time so they know that you're here. So one of the busters, like I didn't see him till like later. He's like, oh, I was here. I clocked in. Blah blah blah. I'm like, why didn't you like come get me? He's like, I didn't see you. I was like, bro, I'm six three and wearing pink. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're not. You, you don't stand out at yeah. all. <laughs> and Vecco's a theater district place, so it's probably like everybody is in black and dark colors, and then you're there <laughs> in pink. pink. Yeah. I left Becco before the holiday season because I didn't want to deal with it. Well, those type of restaurants, I guess. Um, well, Becco does over a thousand covers a night during holiday season. Yeah, those midtown restaurants are, mm-hmm. are crazy. That's what they're made for. I'm, I'm again. I'm interested to know what what your current it, restaurant does. If I had off, I'd say we should do Don Pepe's for New Year's Eve. Mm, Don Pepe. Well, I don't go out. I'm a hermit. I turned into a New Year's. I cook. And I entertain, and that's what I do. I will not go out unless it's Don Pepe's. I might go out. Right? For. Doesn't that sound actually like it would be pretty fun? Don Pepe's does sound. Don Pepe's is old school red sauce. Red, we, red sauce. We've covered it before, but like it, it's just the best place. Yeah. You go get a veal chop and clams, <laughs> and that's it. Nice. Oh, man. But I, I genuinely love New Year's Eve, what I do on New Year's Eve, because I just feel like. It's a good group of close friends. We don't have usually more than like eight or ten people, like eight or ten adults. And um, and we get to just have a good meal. We sit around the table. We don't have like a cocktail party where people are just sort of like wandering around eating hors d'oeuvres. Like we sit down and have a meal, put the kids to sleep, and just have a good sort of friend time, you know? Um, and it's the same group of people that we've been doing for years. Um and it it genuinely is one of my favorite holidays. I think I like that it sort of bookends the holiday season for me, that, that I end the holiday season um, stressing out a little bit about cooking and really getting everything ready, but then just decompressing. Like it ends, the stress ends with us sitting around the table, talking and eating till, you know, all hours of the morning, all hours of the night, early morning, and then the next day just relaxing in front of the tv watching hockey and twilight zone the week of december 24th to january 1st is the best (laughs) yeah everybody like nobody gets anything done everybody just wants to like eat and like drink and be merry and like that's it no i agree i agree it is a it's a it's a fun time (laughs) well any any other any final thoughts on uh on new year's eve um drink champagne Yes, drink, drink champagne. champagne. Julia, I think it's Julia Childs. I don't know. There's a quote where it's like, you should always have a bottle of champagne in your refrigerator because you never know what special occasion you're going to have to celebrate. Sometimes it's just opening up a bottle of champagne. Yeah, sometimes that special occasion is just opening up a bottle of champagne. No, I I agree with that. And, I am, and I've said it before. I'm also a huge proponent of the random Tuesday night, just came home from work, bottle of champagne. Like I, just, just, just because I have a magnum of a uh, Vauve Clicquot in my fridge for I've had it for about a year. Um, I don't know when I'm gonna open it, but I'm gonna open. I need. I just need to have like people over. Yeah, I have a nice bottle of port that is like that. I have got like a like oh. a forty year old bottle of port that my, I want to open. My stepdad doesn't drink, and I was over at the house, and he's like, "Oh, is this wine any good?" And it was a 1995 Tokai, which is a Hungarian dessert wine, mm-hmm. and I was like. Maybe like I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely take it, yeah. and then um, we opened it the first night of uh, 
Sensacana, our, our opening party, mm-hmm. and it was incredible. Oh. It was so good. I was kind of pissed that I shared it with people. <laughs> How big <laughs> that, was the bottle? It was a bottle. Okay. Felt like it was that good where I was like, I could just drink all of this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I know. I know, but I also... I, I don't think it's good. It's as good if you're not sharing it with people. I truly believe that. I truly like. Oh no! I, sh- I would have shared it with like the beverage director. Yeah. Like well, that, like, uh, well, that's person. that's my deal with port. Like, I'm not going to open up my nice bottle of port. Well, the port won't go bad. You can open the port I, up and keep it in the fridge. No, it's, I know. I don't. I, but I don't want to do that. And I'm, you want to just like open it and like drink it all. I want to open it and have a bunch of people over here and have a couple and people who will appreciate it. Have a nice night with port. So if you guys like port, reach out to me. It's uh, Tom at notafoodie.com. And pigs in Port. Yeah, Pigs in Port. That'll, that, that's, a, that's a good event. Not a Foodie presents Pigs in Port. That'll be our food truck. If you guys have any ideas for food trucks that Mike and I should open up, let us know. I'm really trying to use this to just kickstart me into being a multimillionaire. Into everything. So far, the products that we've <laughs> had uh, ideas about are what, what Tommy's Hot Sauce from Queen. Tommy from Queen's Hot Sauce. Pumpkin Spice Amaro. Pumpkin Spice Amaro. <laughs> Man, that'll sell. That is, that's a million-dollar idea. You guys forget that we said that because that's going to happen. Pumpkin How do you say bottom. white girl in Italian? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> white girl in Italian. That'll be the name of it. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, what's – um? oh, white girl rosé is uh, yeah. the, the fat no, Jewish. Uh, fat Jewish, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not very good. No. No. <laughs> Anyway, so if you have any other any other thoughts, Tom at notafoodie.com. Mike at notafoodie.com. Check out at notafoodie picks P-I-C-S, uh, on Instagram. Um, and and slide into those DMs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DM us. We're we're here. We're here. We're always listening. Our ears are open. We want to hear from you guys. So uh, subscribe to the podcast, rate us on iTunes or Google Play or any other means of rating us. And um, Yelp. Yelp. Start, start a Yelp <laughs> about us, please. You know, Tom's New Year's Eve restaurant is okay, <laughs> except for the death in the afternoon cocktail. What, what a bad use of champagne. My medium, my uh, well done steak was dry. <laughs> that That'll be... When when we get someone another restaurant person over to as a guest, you'll see how I feel about Yelp. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I don't think really anybody likes Yelp. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Happy New Year! Happy New Year! <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.